0: Hello, and welcome to the More Than Moves podcast, where we explore all the different things that we can do together as an elders quorum beyond helping people move. I'm here with Bishop Parker, Scott Parker, Mm. and he, in addition to being the bishop of our ward, is also uh, a member of our elders quorum within the ward as well. And so I have interviewed him before for the ward family, so... People can listen to that in terms of learning a little bit more about his life and faith development. But today we're going to focus a little bit more on his interests and hobbies. And having spent a fair amount of time with the bishop over time, I feel like I know at least what some of those are. So maybe I'll start with a few of them. So you've been a big runner Mm. over the years. When did you first get into running? Was that something you took up as an adult or was that in your youth or...
1: Yeah, in a serious way, it was, uh, I had a, a neighbor, a member of our ward, when we were in the Sunnyvale ward, probably, I don't know, late 90s, talked me into doing a 10K. And then, okay, well, I did that. I wonder if I could go a little longer, if I could go a little longer. And that grew into marathons, and then 50 miles, and then 100 miles a couple of times.
0: And when you think about those different events that you've done over the years, are there one or two that particularly stand out in your memory?
1: Yeah, of course. Boston Marathon. Did that a few times with Kirk Trammell, and probably the only time in my life I felt like a real athlete. So because it's really hard to get in and qualify, particularly I was never very fast. I could suffer, but uh, I wasn't particularly fast. So it was really I was always just squeaking in. So I did that uh, several times. And then I also did a, there's another very famous race in South Africa South Africa called the Comrades, which, uh, you know, draws a lot of people, international event. It's been run since uh, uh, 1919, I think it was, uh, they started doing it to honor the fallen dead of the First World War. It's point to point. It goes from Durban to uh, Petersburg one way and then it reverses the next year so I think it's 56 miles or something like that all on asphalt so that one I think beat me up uh, worse than anything else because it was you know on asphalt but just being a part of that whole thing uh was really quite something and uh, I I squeaked in under the uh you know to get a medal you have to do under I think 11 hours or something like that and I you know I just squeaked in so I did that with Chris McCaskill
0: And speaking of suffering, uh, you're a golfer as well, which which sometimes can be a little bit of a rough sport. (laughs) (laughs) It's (laughs) a cruel game, as they say. And so at what point did you take up golf? I did. I played a lot of tennis and golf
1: when I was a kid. I played on my high school golf team. And then I pretty much gave it up. Uh, You know, life intrudes. And I have a son, my middle boy, Jake, who took it up pretty seriously here. So two or three years ago, I took it back up as a way of having something to do with him. So I play, or at least I I hit a lot of range balls and start taking lessons, you know, just to kind of tune everything up. And he and I travel. In fact, here at the end of the month, we'll be meeting down in um, Mesquite, Nevada, with a bunch of my high school buddies and their sons and play for a couple of days. We've gone around the U.S. a little bit and done that. So it's a lot of fun. It's just something I do with him. And my wife, Kay, has now picked it up. So we, uh, we go together, and so it's a fun couple sport, too. But it is a cruel game, that
0: is for sure. And in case Jake uh, ends up listening to this, just for the record, who's the better golfer between oh, you oh, and Jake? He's way better. He's way better. He's young,
1: you know, so he, he can hit it a mile, and, and, and he really works hard on his game. So he's, I'm just kind of, you know, getting good, getting good enough again to not embarrass him and slow him down, and, uh, so we have fun.
0: And you're an avid reader. I am. Yeah. What what do you enjoy reading? What what topics do you tend well, to
1: Well, you know, sort of in parallel over the last well, my whole adult life, a lot of classic fiction and a lot of philosophy. And philosophy's been primarily from second sources, secondary sources rather than you know, some of it, the, the Greeks you can read, but some of this gets pretty arcane, so you, you, you have to access it indirectly through other sources. But uh, I, w- I was always fascinated by the Western intellectual tradition, really as a way of trying to answer the question of whether it was reasonable to have faith in God. And uh, after all of this, and uh, I've come to the conclusion that I, I'm back where I started, really, uh, but I did gain an appreciation for really the weakness of human reason. So it wasn't that you could reason your way to belief in God, but that, that human reason is pretty weak, and, which explains why everybody believes different things about the same thing. And, but it's, it's interesting to study that and to kind of understand that a lot of the things we believe today are really the result of ideas that are several thousand years old and have sort of you know, morphed over, this, over the millennia here. Uh, And I just find it interesting. So I don't have that much time. I got sort of lost interest in that a little bit. Now, if I have time, I I read scriptures and, and, and scripture commentaries and all those sorts of things. It's a bit of a twofer. I find it as interesting as classic fiction or philosophy but I also feel spiritually edified. So I will just reach for... So I've set some goals, and I, I, you know, I study quite a bit, and I just run out of minutes. After I'm released as, as bishop, I'll probably get back into reading more. But uh, right now, you know, I, I don't get done with the, with the scriptures before I run out of time.
0: And we've at least talked in other contexts about commentaries and the benefits of, mm. of using some of the commentaries as a companion to the scriptures. And so... As you've either been going through the Old Testament or the Book of Mormon, other books of Scripture, mm. do you have certain commentaries that you particularly like or recommend?
1: Yeah, there's for the Old Testament, I think it's particularly important because so much of it, I mean, it's really historic. It's a history of the Jewish people as well. So unless you really understand the historical context, a lot of what you read, particularly for someone like Isaiah, just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think if, if I could only have one for the Old Testament, it would be the Jewish Study Bible. It's uh, it's a good, very good translation, and you get basically a summary of 2,000 years of rabbinic tradition on their reading of, of these scriptures. And so, I gain a lot of not only historical context, but just a different point of view on those scriptures. And then it also has a bunch of essays in the back that give you you know uh, 15-page essays on things like uh, the clothing that the high priest wore and what it meant, and you know also uh, important historical context around Cyrus or or whatever and I read all of those so it's uh, I'd recommend everybody have that the book of mormon is when I was a, when I was a kid we were just a strange sect that had this kind of goofy book now the book of mormon is starting to be studied as literature and by non-Mormon people and also the scholarship around the Book of Mormon in our faith is getting so much better. We have brilliant people who are putting out a lot of really good stuff and for me, my primary faith in the Book of Mormon has been so strengthened by reading these commentaries because you do what's called exegesis, you know, where you're you're studying this scripture and trying to apply it in your life and read it in a certain way that affects you and you can do exactly that same kind of work with the Book of Mormon that you do with the Bible. It stands up. You can't do that with any of these other books that were supposedly like it or whatever. Uh, it, it does the kind of work that scripture does. There's I could give you a whole list of great uh, tools for the Book of Mormon. The one I'm almost done with right now because I'm sneaking off and reading the Book of Mormon. I just finished studying, but I'm still going through these little commentaries. There's a dozen little books called Brief Theological Introduction to the Book of Mormon put out by the Maxwell Institute. They're short and they cover collectively the entire Book of Mormon. I say short, they're a hundred pages, but they're small pages. You can get through them in a few hours, but They're not commentaries, they're ways of reading to make you think about what those authors were trying to do. It's hard to explain, and I would recommend everybody go out and grab one of those. Any of them are great. And you'll recognize a few of the names of the authors of those or different authors for each one of those little 12 slim volumes. I'm writing a lot of notes out of those into my own scriptures. So those are those are really good.
0: And I'll second the recommendation for the Jewish Study Bible. I, the, the bishop turned me on to that, and I've actually been using that since the New Year in my own study of the Old Testament. And it's been yeah. really helpful. Good stuff. In that regard. So you drive a Corvette. Uh, it's a yeah bad habit I picked up from my dad yeah yeah so tell us more about uh, fast cars
1: so my dad was a very conservative farmer from central Utah but he always had a he always had a fast car he was the first guy to buy a rocket 88 Oldsmobile in the 40s you know down there so we, he always had a he always had a big motor you know and so anyway I just sort of got this 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 thing for sports cars so Uh, When I got back from my mission, he bought me a 280Z and never looked back, you know. So I had one, that's probably the best car I've ever owned. I had a 65 convertible Mustang for a bunch of years. And then I started buying Corvettes in the late 90s. And uh, I'm on my third now. And uh, I, I, you know, I I can't tell you why. I just love them.
0: And have you ever done any driving on no. a track or anything like that? just It's just all regular road yeah. driving and things? Yeah, they're just fun. You know, I, I like
1: sticks, convertibles, you know. Every now and then, you know, you're go on the on-ramp, on-ramp and you jump on it, you know, but uh, I don't really... I I pretty tame.
0: You kind of inherited this so to speak yeah. from your dad has this passed on to the next generation no. as well or not so much. No
1: no no. Now they're all, they all drive boring little boxy cars. But I can remember when I was a little boy going he 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 bought this big Oldsmobile. And we got up to the top of this hill, out of this little town that we lived in, and he got it going 120 miles an hour down this hill. It had a big smile on his face, you know, and I was probably five, probably not even seat in, you know. And I mean, that's, you know, from that moment, I was doomed uh, to drive cars like that, that make no sense.
0: <laughs> and then, I guess, speaking of the next generation, or the one after that, you're now a grandfather. I am. So how's that been? So oh, I, know you, I know you like to spend as much time as you can with grandkids. So. I, I
1: do, and we started getting them a little late. And so I think that's made us appreciate them even more. So my oldest has a daughter, and Kristen, and she's pregnant. She's gonna have another child here in November. And then the boy I play golf with—he has a one-year-old. We just—we do. We spend a lot of time. We get out to Utah pretty regularly. And I always thought, you know, you hear you having grandkids is more fun than raising your own kids, and it's true, but for a different reason than I expected. I thought it was well, you don't have to change the diapers and that sort of. Thing. I don't mind doing that at all. That what's more fun about them is you don't worry about screwing them up. You know, you, you just uh, you, you know, you're a parent. You're so worried you're going to ruin your your kids, which you end up doing because you worry about it too much, right? But you know, with your grandkids, you just oh here, have another candy bar. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know whether or not they whether or not they turn out to be good people is somebody else's problem. You know, you just give them a big hug. You know, so. <laughs> Your day will come great, and it is great,
0: I can tell you. Yes, I am looking forward to it when that day comes. Hopefully it won't be too, too soon Uh, with my boys, but, you know, um, but I am looking forward to it, that Mm. is for certain. Well, Scott, Bishop Parker, uh, it has been great to just sit down with you and talk to you about these things. And so for members of our quorum or our broader ward, if you're interested in whether it be running or golf or fast cars or, uh, you know, reading different types of books, particularly the scriptures, but other, you know, forms of reading as well, uh, comparing notes about being a grandparent, you know, there's there's a lot of different reasons to uh, come say hi to the bishop beyond even just, you know, kind of church-related stuff. So thanks again for being a part of this and just everything that you do for our award. Really appreciate it.
1: It was fun. Thanks.